Now it's a lot easier to keep going because we see the fruit of all this work. And that has provided enough motivation to keep going. You're listening to The Homeschool Journal, a show from the Memoria Press Podcast Network, where we bring you encouragement through real-life stories, homeschooling tips, and practical application to help you on your homeschool journey. Here's your host, Carrie McGraw. Today, I get to introduce to you two very special moms that I've had the opportunity to get to know a little bit, and they're going to share some stories with you about why they homeschool. So first, let me introduce to you Catherine Saylor. Catherine, can you say hi? Hi there. Good morning. Um, Catherine is a mother of seven children, ages two to seven. Several of her children have developmental and learning disabilities. She's used Memoria Press materials in her homeschool for many years, but exclusively for the last four years. So Catherine, we're grateful that you're here with us. And Sarah Kay is here with us as well. Good morning, Sarah. Hello. Hi. Sarah is the mother of eight children who range in age from a rising sophomore in college down to a two-year-old tornado. She has always homeschooled, even through high school. She served as a consultant to Memoria Press families for the past eight years. And just to give a little bit more background on myself, I have four children, ages four to 22. I homeschooled uh, for 12 years using Memoria Press material. Um, We're blessed to be here in Louisville, Kentucky, where it was always our intention for our kids to transition into full-time school at Highlands Latin. And I still have two that are at Highlands Latin. Um, So ladies, thank you. Thank you for your time here with us this morning, but let's jump right into why homeschool. So this is all about the launch into your homeschool journey. Uh, why we've chosen to to homeschool and sharing your stories and your reasons and our hopes uh, along the way of our homeschool journey. So we hope that our listeners today will find a shared experience in some of our stories. So I'm going to start with um, Catherine, if I may. And Catherine, the first thing I want to ask you is what brought you to your homeschool decision? Was there a specific circumstance, a need, or a concern? Can you share with us? Well, um, initially, my husband and I were inspired to homeschool by some particularly vibrant homeschooling families that we knew when we were dating. So we saw in those families a love of books, a love of learning, a strong faith, and we really wanted that for our future family. But our own journey to homeschooling actually started with a detour through the public schools um, due to our oldest child's special needs. So um, we could tell from a really young age that he was very bright, but he was also struggling a lot. He struggled to communicate. He had a lot of um, unusual behaviors, and he ended up being diagnosed with autism at age four. So at that point, we were doing a lot of different therapies to help him, and I still really hoped that we could homeschool him, but I knew it was going to look very different than what we'd originally imagined at that point. I did end up homeschooling him for kindergarten, but it was very difficult, and he was still struggling a lot. So I felt like he really needed more support than I could offer at home, Um, and really even more like behavior training to be able even to learn. Um, So I had three younger children at that time. I had one-year-old twins um, who were darling, but very distracting, and it was just too much. So we took him to 
um, not our neighborhood public school, but the public school in our city that was supposed to have the very best program for kids with autism who were verbal, so the higher functioning children. And he had a good first year there. He was in a special education class. There was actually a smaller adult to child ratio than I had at home <laughs> with me and my children. Um, and his teachers there, they were able to acculturate him to the idea of school. They taught him what it meant to do schoolwork. And that was really, really helpful, exactly what he needed that year. But after that, he graduated from that special education class and he was put in a regular classroom. And really the problem started right away. He was overstimulated in the classroom. He didn't have the social support that he needed. He started acting up and we were really unhappy with the curriculum. The, just the banality really of the literature and the writing assignments they were being assigned the disorderly way that math was being taught. And um, as well, we found out the school had just given up teaching cursive penmanship altogether. So at that point we felt like, well, we can do, I think we can do better at home at this point. That was what we had originally wanted to do. So we pulled him out, restarted our homeschool um, and have been going strong ever since. That was about 10 years ago. 10 years ago. That is wonderful. That is what a brave, brave move for you. And I know that there are other parents out there, you know, that have, that have made the same move. And, and so we're going to talk a little bit more about that here in a minute to just get a little bit more into your, your journey. So, so Sarah, the same question for you, was there something specific that happened that launched you into this? Or was this just something you knew was just going to be part of your family life? I would say the second uh, is what really did it for us. Um, my husband, David, and I, we knew from our first conversations about marriage and family that we wanted to be open to as many children as God would give us. And then those conversations naturally evolved into, well, how will we raise them? How would we parent them? How would we discipline them? And so, of course, that conversation came around to how we would educate them. Um, and the one thing that stood out to us was that we had a desire to develop a faith-centered culture in our home, one that would allow us to use our faith to help us order our priorities well. Uh, we wanted our family to be central to our kids' upbringing and to have the greatest influence over them rather than their peers. Uh, we wanted to be able to direct their education toward what is true, what is good, and, and what is beautiful. And we wanted them to be accustomed to those things, to love those things. And then when it came time that they themselves would prefer those things over their opposites, you know, the, the false, the ugly, and the outright harmful. So homeschooling stuck out to us not so much as a choice against anything or a reaction to anything, but more as a choice towards something very positive that we wanted for our family. Uh, it there were practical concerns that we knew as well. My husband has a career that has moved us around the country a lot. And so homeschooling has been a very practical choice. But at the end of the day, it was really more about a choice toward 
the faithful, joyful, virtuous, and loving culture that we wanted them to grow up in. Sarah, that's beautiful. And then what really touches your story, you know, connects it to classical homeschooling is the true, the good and the beautiful. And that's, you know, wherein many parents can choose lots of different pathways through homeschooling. The three of us have chosen classical homeschooling. And and while we'll get into that in other um, podcasts and episodes down the road, um, you you raised that for us. Thank you. Thank you so much. And and I don't want to spend much time on me, but I do want to share, you know, why I came into homeschooling. It's a little bit different. It is kind of what you said, Sarah, where I was running away from something. Um, in the 19, I'm gonna date myself here. So everybody just hang tight. So mid-1990s, I started studying. This is prior to children. The, the specifics of what had been happening in the American public school system, and at that point in time, it was called outcome-based education. And in understanding its history, its focus, what it had done to curriculum, specific curriculum in the schools, and of course, we've gone way past that now with Common Core. Let's not even talk about that one today. But um, I knew that was not where we wanted our children to be educated. And so I started searching and I have no classical background whatsoever or had no classical background, excuse me. But the more that I read and understood the foundations of education and particularly the foundations of education in faith, the classical model just kept coming forward. And, and so then I was hooked and I said, this has got to be just like what you said, Sarah, you know, how we form part of how we form our family and raise them in virtue and the faith of our family. So at that point in time, I kind of shifted and I was running towards something which was very exciting. And then I found Cheryl Lowe and um, Memorial Press and Highlands Latin. And even at that point in time, Highlands Latin School was it was a cottage school only, only, um, and so she just launched that journey for me. And, and so, you know, all three of us, very different paths, um, but, but all in the same focus of our families. And, and I love that. Um, and that's what I want our listeners to hear. So let's get a little bit deeper into why now? What's going on now as the two of you all still continue to homeschool what are, the, what are the revelations you've had through the years that, that might have shifted you from that original um, decision into, why am I going to keep homeschooling? It's working. We know it's working. So give me a little bit of information on that. Sarah, if we'll go back to you for just a second, please. Sure. Um, yeah, it's a great question. Um, in the beginning, you know, what helped us a lot was we looked at the example we saw from others you know, those who were further along in this journey of raising a family. Uh, we looked at other large families and the sorts of strategies they came up with, the sorts of decisions they made, and the sacrifices that were involved in what we were thinking of doing. Uh, we also looked at other homeschooling families and asked a lot of questions about what resources they were using uh, how well things were working for different people. And honestly, even at how some of these kids were kind of turning out, you know, um, 
but we also looked at things like Highlands Latin School. Uh, that became a really valuable resource for seeing what's possible, even among homeschoolers, um, because that's where the curriculum originated. Yes, right. But then as time went on, uh, now we've been able to see the fruit of what we've been doing within our own family. And that has provided enough motivation to keep going. We actually like who our children are becoming. <laughs> the, the hard work of cultivating daily habits is paying off. The things that we hoped for in choosing our curriculum have become what's normal for our kids. They love great books and they can talk about why they love them. They know the difference between something great, something that is just so-so, and something that's really not worth their time or their attention. They love what their schoolwork is doing for them, even if they don't like it all the time. They know that it is changing them, that it is helping them live a good life, and that it reinforces the lessons and the examples that David and I try to instill in them. It's all consistent. What they hear from us, what they see us trying to do, what they learn and do in their lessons, and what resonates in their hearts as right and good and loving. There's a lot that you can't control in life, and they see how you have to handle that with character. So when we talk about outside things, about what is going on in the world, what they experience when they interact with others, or what we bring into the home and use as teaching moments, we bring those topics in and we discuss them in light of what we've been trying to instill in them all along. We try to help them think through them well and to develop the ability to think on their own of how to look at things. We don't ever want them to experience a culture shock when they do go out and enter the world for themselves. So we do bring things in, mm -hmm. but carefully and age appropriately mm -hmm. because we homeschool. And so we're able to do it on our terms, not a school district schedule or someone else's agenda, which has become really important over the last 20 years that we've been raising a family. Right. right. It, it, it hasn't replaced all the positive reasons that we chose in the first place, but it's definitely become a more significant reason that we have continued. Well, Sarah, there's two things I take from your story um, that mirrors mine. And the first is sacrifice. And the second is joy. And you may not have used that word, but it, it, it's exuded in, in all of what you have said, because um, the, the, the joy that is created in the home when you are forming the entire family, the entire person of these young souls that are in front of you is nearly indescribable. But that joy only comes through sacrifice. And, and I, I want homeschoolers to, to hear, um, it's okay to give up what the world tells you you should have. And, and the and the joy that resounds from that sacrifice, because we've all made it, 
you know, at my, my family, we existed on, you know, single income and made it work and um, so on and so forth. I mean, there's, you know, I sacrificed me time. Um, what was that? Um, but, but, you know, these are the things that we are as mothers and as women barraged and that you're supposed to have all these things. But when you give them up and give them, frankly, for me to the Lord, for his usage, the joy that comes from that is just resounding. And so let's turn to, to Catherine. And Catherine, let's hear a little bit more about your story, how the whys of homeschooling have played out through the years in your family. Sure. Um, well, I loved what Sarah said about we love the people that our children are becoming. And that's really the benefit of having been at this for a while now is now it's a lot easier to keep going because we see the fruit of all this work. But at the beginning, when we, you know, first took our son out of school, we were pretty much just going on blind trust. And a couple of books I had read that said it was possible to homeschool a child with autism. Um, you know, I didn't know anyone else who had a child with difficulties. I knew a lot of homeschoolers, but everyone seemed, um, everyone that I knew seemed to have children who just knew what to do, um, who were fairly easy to teach, at least from my perspective. I'm sure they weren't. <laughs> um, but we had so many people telling us this won't work. And not only that, but this is going to be harmful to your son. So we were told, as I think a lot of parents of children with autism are, that our son, above all other children, needed to go to school because he needed to learn social skills. Um, but what we had seen at the school was that it didn't play out that way. And really, that's, I mean, children with autism don't learn social skills by just being around other children. They have to be carefully taught them. Um, you know, they miss all those subtle cues that other kids learn when they're in the classroom or, you know, on the playground about how to behave. Um, but our son could tell what behaviors got a rise out of everyone. So it, it really felt like more that the classroom was maybe the ideal environment to turn into a behavior problem rather than to learn how to interact with others. But again, we just were kind of going on, on trust at that point because we hadn't seen it. Um, we just hadn't seen it work in any other families. All the families we knew with special needs kids were utilizing the public school system. But as it turned out, homeschooling did, did work really well um, for teaching not just academics, but also all the skills of ordinary life that have to be taught to a child with a developmental disorder. So our son is, is doing very well. And then as our other children have come into the homeschool, we've also seen really good results. So our oldest ended up not being our only child with special needs. We've had a number of different challenges amongst our children, but with each one of them, the things that make homeschooling really effective for all kids, the one-on-one -on -one tutoring method, you know, the ability to teach to the child's pace, to teach to mastery rather than trying to keep up with a class. Well, these 
This works for our typical kids or our gifted kids. It also works really well. The benefits are compounded when you're dealing with a child with special needs or learning disabilities. And as we found, kids with these issues like autism, dyslexia, ADHD, they're very, very intelligent, but it's so discouraging for them when they have to leave a classroom of peers to go get special education services. Mm -hmm. That method puts the emphasis on their weakness because that's the area where they can't keep up with the class. And that's the focus in school. Whereas at home, we can work on their weaknesses, but we can emphasize their strengths. And that's just something that's brought me a lot of joy. It's been very rewarding. Um, we have two children with dyslexia, which is a you know, learning disorder in reading. And in homeschooling, their tutoring is just part of their homeschool curriculum. We don't, it's not a big deal. They're not being remediated or, you know, removed from the group. We have several children with ADHD. And again, in a classroom, it's really easy to imagine how they could turn into a behavior problem. At home, it's really not a big problem. It's easy to figure out ways to do the lessons quickly. We use visual timers, we use lots of breaks, we get lots of exercise outside. And, you know, these kids are, they're very bright, they're very creative, they're lots of fun. And we want to set them up for success. And just in my experience, homeschooling works wonderfully um, for kids with those difficulties. Absolutely, Catherine. Thank you. And, yeah. and there's a, a part of your story that that really speaks to me in that, you know, you you started out leaning on the experts, thinking these are the people that know, you know, what is best for my child. This is the route that everyone else takes. And, and you took that brave leap uh, to say, no, I know what's best for my child. And, and that's one of the things that I want parents to hear from your story. Um, I think that there's a, a myth out there that many parents think, and I hear this over and oh, I could never homeschool. Um, I don't, I don't have the right background for that. I don't have the right education. I don't have the skills for that, the degree, so on and so forth. So you two incredible moms, I, I'd like to hear, just really tell me really quick, prior to this decision, prior to children, what did you all do? Where, where did you come from? Sarah, I want to hear from you first. Sure. Uh, yeah, I definitely don't have uh, a teacher's background. My family does. There's a lot of teachers uh, within my extended family, but I was probably the least likely candidate to become you know, a homeschool parent. I, I studied organizational communications in college. Uh, pretty much everybody who knew me thought I would end up in some big city working for some big corporate company. Um, but that that just didn't fit with what I felt was right for me. So David and I met while we were still in the campus environment. He was in undergrad and I was finishing up some work and, you know, we just, we got married young and started a family young. And so it was kind of one of those situations. You don't know what you're in for. So you just plow forward. <laughs> Right, right. And, and, and Catherine, what about you? Really quickly, what was, what was your background prior to, to all this homeschooling? Sure. Well, I have a bachelor's degree in English, but not a teaching degree. Um, 
I did teach for one year before um, we started having children. And um, just interestingly enough, I encountered a lot of students in that setting who, looking back, I can see had a number of the learning disabilities that I've now seen in my own children. But at that time, I knew nothing about special needs or all the different forms of intelligence and the ways that disabilities can be expressed. And I just could tell these kids are smart and yet they're really struggling to learn and they're all struggling in different ways. Um, so I sometimes wish I could go back and reteach that class now <laughs> that I've had my own kids, but those were my first students and all my learning has been on the job. Of course, of course. Well, just so that our listeners know, my background was retail banking management and investments. And and I came out of that and decided to homeschool from, you know, a banking um, uh, banking and, and business degree. <laughs> so I just wanted parents to hear that you come from all different walks of life to join this homeschool journey. And whatever your reasons, I hope that you will find your wise and every day keep them as a reminder and a motivation to remain firm in your homeschool journey. Turn all of your whys into your mission and ministry to homeschool your children. And I hope that you have been able to take away little bits and pieces from the stories of these two wonderful women, Catherine and Sarah. Thank you for your time today. You're welcome. All right. Thank you, Carrie. You're so Thank welcome. Thank you, Carrie. I'm grateful to have you, and I want everyone to have a blessed day. Thank you for joining us on this episode of the Homeschool Journal. If you like the show, consider subscribing on Spotify, YouTube, Apple Music, or wherever you get your podcasts. A huge thank you to the Memoria Press Podcast Network for featuring our show. If you'd like more information, you can go to memoriapress.com. I'm Carrie McGraw. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you next time. You've been listening to the Memoria Press Podcast Network, providing a classical Christian perspective on the world of education. To learn more about Memoria Press, visit memoriapress.com. To connect with us, follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.